Okay, fruit of the Spirit. And tonight, we're talking about peace. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. peace. We're, on, we're on peace. So here's the big question tonight. What is it? What's peace? The absence of strife. Hold on, hold on, one at a time. What would you say? You'll know when you find it. <laughs> the absence of strife. The absence of strife. Calm in the storm. Calm in the storm. Contentment. What's that? Contentment. Contentment. What's that? In order to have peace, you have to have tribulation first. Don't ever pray for peace. Oh. No, I, I think that's patience. Yes. yes. Right? Okay. Be content. Well, be content is, a, is very important. Anybody? Happy wife, happy life. Happy wife, happy life. Okay. All right. So. Right, so all all valid examples, but um, notice how difficult it can be to just define peace from the positive standpoint. Usually, we approach the definition of peace from the negative standpoint. Like, what's the opposite of peace? War. War. Okay? Worry. And, and so, absence of strife, absence of conflict, happy wife, happy life, um, absence of... So, these things, when I'm not being fretted, <laughs> that's a southern word, fretted, I was being fretted today, and if I'm not being fretted, I, I'm at peace. Right? And... Um, Okay. Spouse. So does it sound like peace is supposed to be our natural normal energy state and everything else is just trying to interfere with it? Oh, I'll see. Boom. <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like peace is supposed to be our natural normal state and everything else is trying to interfere with it. Spot on. So let's just get some insights from the word. Well, I capitalized it because we're going to be in the Bible. But just from the word piece itself, particularly in the Greek, is Irene. So that, these Greek letters here, that, that thing that looks like a P is actually an R sound. And that thing that looks like an N is actually an E sound. And that thing that looks like a V is actually an N. Wow. It's like it's Greek, right? Did you say Iranian? <laughs> Irene. 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 <laughs> Greek irony, <laughs> tranquility, harmonious relationships between men. That's Bind's definition. Okay. Between men and God. Well, we're okay. So the theological dictionary in the New Testament says that for the Greeks, when they used this term uh, irony, it primarily denoted a state, not a relationship or an attitude, but a state. In other words, it's it's the opposite of war. Polemos, which is the Greek yes. word for war. Okay? So if you're not at war, you're at peace. At peace. What if you're conquered and a slave? Are you at peace? Oh, no. Oh, but you're not at war. Hmm. Now, depends on if you're captive or not. You see, so, so now, we, now we get into... So I did a I did a minimal I did a minimal dive into pacifism today, and um, are you familiar with pacifism? 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 pacifism. It's on the other side of the country from the Atlanticism. Okay. So I'm not I'm not picked. Yeah, Atlanticism. Yeah. 
I'm not, I'm not picking on any particular denomination. I'm just naming names because they're the ones I'm familiar with. Uh, and they're not the only ones. But a long time ago, we took a train ride across the United States. And so there, there, were, uh, there was a Mennonite couple on, on the train. And one of the cool things is you spend a whole week on the train. You meet a lot of interesting people. I get to have all kinds of great conversations. And so, uh, in the Mennonite tradition, which is um, Amish or Mennonite, by the way, Mennonites aren't Amish, it's the other way around. They, they're pacifists. In other words, all violence is wrong. All war is wrong. And yet, in the Christian tradition, I would say particularly Western Christian uh, tradition, uh, we have something called just war as in justified war, just war theory, okay? But then you have pacifism, which is um, any manner of war is to be avoided at all costs. All violence is evil. Yeah. Well, then David must have been evil, King David. He was. No. <laughs> well, I mean, he, he was good too, but he, he did some evil things. But Yeah, but he... Okay. I see where you're going with that. The prophets were asking God, should they go to war? And a lot of times he said, go. He said, go to war. The battle is yours, or the battle is mine. What did the angels say to the shepherds in the field? When Jesus was born, what did they say? Peace on earth and goodwill to men. What did Jesus say? See, not I came to be in peace. With a sword. With a sword. Divide. Wait a minute. So I just bring those up because, I mean, I'm not going to do a deep dive in that in this sharing, but understand that whenever we endeavor to pigeonhole the nature of God into one singular course of action, we will develop an ism or a, or a religion of some sort. And we will, we will, Christ, there's simplicity in Christ, but that simplicity is in its means of being embraced. There is rich um, complexity in God, because He's God. Right? So, Peace, we tend to think oftentimes in experience and in definition with regard to the state of it versus the attitude or relationship of it. Right? Am I getting any kind of pushback? Am I having any kind of interference? Or am I, am I at war? Um, again, this word irene, which the Greeks didn't really use as an attitude or a relationship, was utilized by the New Testament writers. But understand that the New Testament, at least the Greek New Testament that we have, is Hebraic thought expressed in Greek language. Okay? This means that, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John didn't go study 
Greek philosophy and go to the Greek school and, 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 and get educated in, in Greek and then began to write down a new philosophy of God. They were Israelites. They were Hebrews. They have the Old Testament tradition, the Torah, the prophets, the writings, otherwise known as the Word of God. <laughs> and then when they began to communicate this message, uh, got written down in Greek. It probably got written down in Latin, too, and it probably got written down in, in um, Aramaic as well. Okay? We, we tend to think in a singular language because, well, we're, we're Americans. But, all right? So the New Testament is Hebraic thought documented in Greek. And the Hebrew term that Irene represents in principle in the New Testament is shalom. Shalom. So... We can delve and you can learn from a word study of, of this Irene word in Greek, um, but understand that what it's carrying is all the rich freight of shalom. I mean, just saying that word's kind of calming, isn't it? <laughs> shalom. Yeah. We say things like, how you doing? Going well? I, I believe there is actually power in that word. There is. There is. <laughs> You're right. When you say it, when you hear it, there's like this... It's a blessing. It's a question. If you're coming to somebody and you say, Shalom, uh -huh. are you whole? Are you okay? Is everything good? Uh -huh. and, and the response is, I'm whole. Right. Shalom. So in, in, in Jesus' culture, you know, in our culture, we say hi or how you doing. In Jesus' culture, it was... Shalom to you. Peace be with you. Shalom to you. Judges chapter 6 verse 11. This is out of the New American Standard. Then the angel of the Lord came and sat under the oak that was in Oprah, which belonged to Joash, the Abiezrite. Is that what we said we said? You said Abiezrite. Abiezrite. But I think Abiezrite. 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 And his son... Gideon, now I know that name, was beating out wheat in the wine press in order to save it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, O valiant warrior. The guy's, guy's hiding in a wine press and he's, beat, he's beating out wheat so he doesn't get robbed by the overlords. And the angel of the Lord says, Howdy, mighty warrior. The Lord is with you, value order. Warrior. So was he like, are you making fun of me? <laughs> no. See, oh, okay. see, this is the cool. This is the cool thing about about God's interaction with us. Did you know that, generally speaking, unless you're holding what the Word of God says about you up to you, your thoughts about yourself are probably wrong. Yeah. More than likely wrong. More than often than not wrong. Did you know that your Heavenly Father sees you differently than you see yourself? That you might look in the mirror and think, whatever. God speaks things that are not as long as they are. Exactly. God calls the things that are not as though they are. And He calls out. The voice of the Lord is prophetic. He is the is, was, will be. The great I am. He is the definer of reality. Because He is the only reality. And when the Father speaks, He speaks to what shall be. What is. 
what has been, but what shall be when he speaks to you prophetically? Well, you could push back. Well, who am I? I can't talk. You know, you could bargain away for a while and your brother can get your job for a minute. That was a Moses joke. All right? <laughs> But yeah, and so, and so he's calling this out of Gideon. He's calling it out of Gideon. The Lord is with you, valiant warrior. So they go back and forth, and then Gideon's like, "Well, he's with us. Why is all this stuff going down?" And then finally, the angel of the Lord says, "All right, bring a sacrifice." And so in verse 19, Gideon went in, prepared a kid, and unleavened bread from an ephah flour, and he put the meat in a basket and broth in a pot. And he brought them out to him under the oak and presented them. Verse 20 of chapter 6. And the and angel of the Lord... All the young people know that the, he didn't eat his kid. He didn't eat his kid. For the children that That's a baby goat. goat. <laughs> Y'all know that, right? All right. It's an important point. Yeah, right. It's not vegan. Um, and vegan, by the way, comes from uh, a form of pacifism, but that's a whole other story. All right. Verse 20 of Judges 6, And the angel of the Lord said to him, Take the meat and the unleavened bread and lay them on this rock and pour out the broth. And he did so, and the angel of the Lord put out the end of the staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and the unleavened bread, and fire sprang up from the rock and consumed the meat and the unleavened bread. And the angel of the Lord vanished from his sight. And after this wonderful vision and interaction with this angel of the Lord, Gideon says... Oh my God. <laughs> when Gideon saw that it was the angel of the Lord, see, he'd been talking to the angel, but now he understood it was the angel of the Lord. When Gideon saw that he, that he was the angel of the Lord, he said, Alas, O Lord God, for now I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. The angel of the Lord is a Christophany. It is a pre-incarnate appearance of the Son of God representing the Godhead, the angel of the Lord. And he's seen him face to face. And the Lord said to him, Shalom. Shalom. Peace be to you. So it might just for anyone, I'm sure people know, but so the word angel to me is actually messenger, right? Right. So we always think angel like wings and stuff, but in this case it's saying the messenger of the Lord who... As you said. Yeah. But I just want to make sure we all knew, that, especially the kids, that angel means a messenger. Who, who else do you know who walks into places where people are a little bit scared about what they're seeing and says, peace be to you, fear not? Who does that sound like? Jesus. Sound like someone you know? Jesus. Jesus? You shall not die. <laughs> Thank God. He, 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 you know he'd seen God and he was thinking he was going to die. Well, yeah. Because you know who sees God? Dead men, see God. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Standard rule. Then Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and named it, The Lord is Peace. The Lord is Peace. To this day it is still in Oprah of the Abiezrites. Yahweh Shalom. This is one of the covenantal names of God, one of the redemptive names of God. One of the names by which God identifies Himself. When He said, Moses said, What's your name? And He said, <laughs> He said, Yahweh. He said, I am that I am. He said, I will be what I will be. The is, was, will be. Began to show parts of His character. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my healer. The Lord is my banner. Okay? The Lord is peace. The Lord 
is peace. The Lord is peace. Yahweh Shalom. Shalom signifies wholeness. Wholeness. We, in a broken relationship, recognize unwholeness. Something is not complete. Right? In a broken body, we recognize I'm not well. I'm not whole. Okay? So, we recognize the symptoms of peace's absence. But we need to be a bit more holistic of our understanding of true tranquility. Shalom signifies wholeness and includes the concepts of being well, healthy, and prosperous. When we wish peace to somebody, when we bless someone with shalom, that is for God to prosper their journey, that things would go well with them, that the favor of the Lord be upon them. You want a fun walk through Scripture, just look every place where shalom is used. <laughs> You'll be there a while. Mm-hmm. Okay. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 Now, may the God of peace, the Lord is peace. Now we're in the New Testament. Now, may the God of Shalom Himself, may the God of Shalom Himself sanctify you completely. May your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will do it. Surely do it. ESV. My brain has the King James. Amen. Okay. How many of you have striven fretfully with lack of peace to be blameless? Or to be healed. Or to be whole. Or to be sanctified. I consider that a temptation. Because I know Jesus did it. (laughs) Right? Now, do not... don't, Don't hear me wrong. God bought you. God's going to keep you. Obviously, we bear responsibility in this in terms of how we are called to walk according to the calling He's called us. But so often we're deceived into thinking that, okay, now I got my chance. And if I'm a good boy, I get to walk through the gate. Doesn't border, it is. <laughs> There's no border there. Because the minute you start carving out that fig leaf to cover up what you are, you're already there. I, I'm comfortable in my, in my own soul. Yeah. yeah. Listen. Thank you, Lord. The reason why anything is possible with regard to a godly life is because the God of peace himself made peace. Yes, he brought he paid the price. He paid the price. 
Now may the God of peace Himself sanctify you completely. May your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. If that's not good news, I don't know what is. That's the gospel. Amen. This is what the God of peace brings. This is peace to you. The God of peace brings complete sanctification. But wait a minute. Wait a minute. Complete sanctification. See, here's the thing. You can cooperate with the process. Or you can frustrate the process. In which instance do you think you will feel wholeness? <laughs> if you're cooperating with what God Almighty is doing in you? Or if you're just trying to wriggle out of it? If you're, if you're cooperating. If you're cooperating, right? So we accept what he did. We accept what he did. Comprehensive protection. Comprehensive protection for your entire spirit, your entire soul, and your entire body for exoneration. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Well, that's you. dance happy, Joshua. That's dance happy. That's like, woohoo! You don't need to, you know. You know. It's like you didn't clean your room for six weeks, and your dad says, I don't blame you. Clean your room. <laughs> There's no, no deductible with that insurance policy. And that's a good insurance. Good insurance. Peace is the nature of God. Yahweh Shalom. The Lord is peace. The Heavenly Father is called the God of peace at least six times in the New Testament. So that's Romans 15, 33, 16, 20, 2 Corinthians 13, 11, Philippians 4, 9, 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, which we just read, and Hebrews 13, 20, which I should read to you. Uh, Hebrews 13, 20. Now, may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do His will, working in us that which is pleasing in His sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. <laughs> what a God Amen. we serve. Yes. What a God we serve. Peace. Be still. Peace. Fear not. Shalom. Shalom. Be of good courage. Yeah. Shalom. And and yet we walk toward God as if the price for our enmity hadn't been paid. As if he's still at war with us. Is he at war with you? No. The Lord Jesus Christ is called the Lord of Peace in 2 Thessalonians 3.16, the Prince of Peace in Isaiah 9.6, and by typical association, through reference to Melchizedek, the King of Peace in Hebrews 7.2. I'm just telling you that peace is the nature of God. 
And the Holy Spirit was sent to bring us the wholeness of God, the peace of God. John 14, verse 25. These things, this is Jesus, these things have I spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all that I've said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Well, how did he do that? The Holy Spirit. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let them be afraid. How is Jesus speaking in this? As he's walking toward Gethsemane, where he's going to sweat blood, and they're going to arrest him, and they're going to whip him, and they're going to pound a crown of thorns into his head, and they're going to nail him to the cross, and he's going to bleed out every ounce of blood he has. What a Savior. Um, did they bolt in fear? Yeah, they bolted and they bolted the door. <laughs> you need to understand that God speaks to you. God's voice is prophetic. That's the definition of it. His, His Word is life. And your life isn't just in the moment. God has a plan to carry you through. He's got all eternity laid out for you. And so He will speak things into your life that bring life. One of the evidences of life is growth. Things grow when they're alive. When they're dying, they begin to shrivel up, right? Or watch a fruit tree if it's dying, stuff starts to shrivel up, leaves start to fall off, right? Living things grow. John 20, verse 21. Jesus said, and this is after the resurrection, Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As my Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when He had said this, He breathed on them and He said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. There is a reservoir of wholeness resonating, tranquility, in your heart, in your being, emanating from the very Creator of the heavens and the earth. It doesn't matter the tribulation or the trials you're going through. The God of peace will always carry you. Amen. Always. Amen. Receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brings us the peace of God. He abides in us in peace. Romans 14, 17. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Romans 5, verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him we, also, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. Okay? So, grace, grace wasn't just what got us through the door. 
Grace is what we stand in. God's favor, God's power to do what I ought to do. God's grace. Through Him we've obtained access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Amen. 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 So, the primary conflict, you know, at the opening of the Bible in Revelation 12, there was war in heaven. Right? <laughs> that was kind of a Bible joke, but that's okay. It's all right. They don't all land. Uh, there was war in heaven, right? The dragon and his angels fought against Michael, is it? And then the tail drew a third part of. The... Okay, what part of that conflict did you have? No. I have a front row seat, though. Right. Better than Lord of the Rings. Yeah, we were born into that battlefield. Well, we weren't there. No, but we're born into the result of that battlefield. And we, we, we will rejoice continually in the triumph. Amen. Amen. Part of our, part of our epic purpose <laughs> is evidence of God's everlasting love and wisdom in redeeming us. Residents on a prison planet. Residents on a prison planet, that's right. So, the primary, my point in that is the primary conflict that any creature has is whether they're at odds with the Creator. See, the dragon, that old serpent, the devil, uh, he made an alliance with a bunch of other spirit beings. Pretty juiced up characters. When I'm juiced up, I mean like amped, like, you know, jewels. Not watts, jewels, right? I mean, <laughs> really. Um... So, but he's in conflict with God. <laughs> Are you going to win when you're in conflict with God? Uh, you know. <laughs> War is the result from walking away from him who is peace. Peace isn't the absence of war. <laughs> war is the result of walking away from him who is peace. Amen. So the first reference point with regard to peace being a relationship and an attitude is our relationship with God. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Now we have peace through with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We're not at war with God. God's not at war with us. Now, Ephesians 2, verse 11. Therefore remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision which is made by the, made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in this world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near 
By the blood of Christ. How do we get near to God? Through the blood of Christ. Through the blood of Christ. Because He died for all men. Because He died for all men. None of my suffering has any meaning absent the blood of Jesus. None of my turmoil has any meaning absent the blood of Jesus. Without His blood spilled, nothing that happens to me is redeemable. But with the blood of Jesus, everything about me is redeemable. Because He bought me warts and all. <laughs> he bought me when I was at war with Him. He bought me when I didn't love Him. He bought me when I was a sinner. Thank you. See? And so... Good thing we don't get what we deserve. Part, part of the fellowship of His sufferings is to understand to whatever degree that we have suffered in life, to whatever degree we have suffered in life, my fellowship with His suffering is to understand that His suffering was exponential more so to save my life, to redeem my life. That's a part of it. That's not the full story on suffering, but that's a part of it. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For He Himself is our peace. He Himself is our peace. When, when the world is just going to clobber your head in. I mean, I've told stories. You know, like, I, remember, I remember walking into the federal building on Granby Street to inform the IRS agent that I'd written them a bad check. Well, I didn't think it was bad, but it was bad by the time. And so I, I walked into the building really not knowing if I was going to walk out of the building. Because I knew from at least civil law that if I kited a check of substantially less, I was looking at fines and imprisonment. And this was, this was thousands of dollars I wrote to the U.S. government. And, you know... Um, mismanaged my business and, and, the, and the check bounced and we had an agreement with the IRS and walk into the IRS and, and the world's getting ready. I don't know if I'm going to walk out in shackles. Seriously. You know, I, was, I, wouldn't, I don't think I was in my 30s yet. It's a difficult time. The, yeah. The world's going to land on you. That's just one. I mean, I've had many world landing moments. Jesus is my peace. Jesus is the one who whispered in the worry hours, gotcha. Peace, be still. Absent Him, I'm just a crushed bug. Right? So, He is the only rock, <laughs> the only shelter, the only firm foundation because however flustered we might be, Guess who's not? <laughs> you ever watched your kid, particularly when they're young, try to figure something out and they get frustrated? Like really frustrated and they can't figure it out? Particularly babies, they're trying to figure it out and they get frustrated and part of the growth process is that learning it and frustration and they're crying and they're like, I gotta figure it out. And, and, and what are the folks doing? They're sitting there wringing their hands. Is he ever gonna figure it out? Take it. No, we're like, <laughs> here, take a picture. 
Yeah. And we're cracking up at the struggle because to that baby, to that, to that kid, that struggle is like monumental. It's all of life. It's got to yeah. be. Now, if I don't figure this out, I'm just going to be agitated. My But from your perspective, it's like, hey, you'll roll over. You'll get it. You'll crawl. You'll get it. It's okay. You'll be able to walk without landing. You'll be able to ride that bicycle without getting yourself broke. Right? Why? Because from our perspective. But then, okay, we're adults. And we go through the same thing. You think your Lord's flustered? I mean, if he sends you across the lake in the middle of the storm, does he think you can't get to the other side? No. He's not worried about a wave. Right? For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. Pilate and Herod made a friendship over the death of Jesus. It's the wrong kind of friendship, right? <laughs> That's for sure. Right? I mean, you know, but we can truly be friends because of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? So, that satisfies all primary relationships. Love God, love your heart, shall mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. The cross solved the conflict problem. But it starts and stands on your relationship with God. Being at peace with God enables you to find peace with men. For he himself is our peace who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments and ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in the place of two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. He came and preached peace to you who are far off and peace to those who are near, for through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. This is... Why? It's the fruit of the Spirit. Because the Spirit ushers us into the Father's presence. And the Lord is? Peace. Peace. The Lord is peace. So, walking in the way of peace. Here's some means of walking a peaceful way. First and foremost, identify with Christ. Identify with Christ. Galatians 6, verses 14 through 16. But far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For neither circumcision counts for anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. What counts? That new creation in Christ, in your spirit. For And as for all who walk by this rule, walk by this rule, you walk by this rule, what? All that matters to me is the cross, is, is Jesus and what he's done. For all who walk by this rule, what? Shalom. Peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. Amen? And we're, we were made Jews. Yeah. We're, we're made sons of Abraham because of our faith. Grafted in. Be united in love. Ephesians 4, verses 1 through 3. I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness and with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond 
of peace. Amen? Amen. Pray with thanksgiving. This is Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything. i got to stop there. So, God doesn't stop there. But if you said something that to somebody, if you just, you know, someone's like, I don't know, the car's going to break down, and I don't have any money to pay the bills, and mom's dying, and, you know, all these things. And then you look at that person who's just, you know, all these calamities, and you say, don't worry. Don't worry. Go home. They got to get their own peace. See, so... So, God doesn't leave us. He doesn't, he doesn't just tell us what not to do. He tells us what to do about it. Now, I don't have, uh, I think it's First Peter 5 up here, you know, that casting your cares upon Him for He cares for you, but this is, this is pretty much the same sentiment. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Worry, anxiety, it's, a, it's, a, it's, an, it's an affliction. It, it's a, it could be a devastating debility. Anxiety can be. You have thanksgiving when you pray. You know that you got the answer, but if you're worried when you pray, yeah. there's something wrong. Yeah. Prayer, supplication with thanksgiving. You know, this is, this is not only being thankful for what you know God will supply, but if you have a need, what does it do for your faith that when you, are, you have a need that you're expressing to the Father, and in that same conversation, you're bringing up in, in remembrance all the things He's already done, what He's done, all the things you're thankful for. All right? Brings peace. It raises your faith. And so then, so then when you're assaulted with worry and fret from the enemy, because we are at war, I see, but if you're calm, you ever been in a physical confrontation? Oh, yeah. Right? right? If you're in a physical confrontation, if two guys are in a physical confrontation, or two gals, or whatever, right? About the same level of skill. And one has lost his temper and one's remained calm. Who are you putting your bet on? The calm one, right? Because a man without self-control is like a city without walls. So the peace... See, these, this fruit builds, right? Love, joy, peace. And we'll get all the way down to self-control. Okay? Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be man of God and the God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And then finally, walk in the wisdom of God. This is James uh, chapter three, verses thirteen through eighteen. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works and meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. So these are, these are weeds to look for in your, in your peace garden, right? If, you, if you, you, know, you see selfish ambition creep up, you 
got other things happening on, then you just, you know, you're, you're opening your door to some calamity. Verse 17, but the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Amen? So, just a, just a thumbnail sketch of walking in the way of peace. Identify with Christ, be united in love, pray with thanksgiving, and walk in the wisdom of God. And the result, and the result you get from this? Shalom. Shalom. Romans 16, 19. For your obedience is known to all, so that I rejoice over you. But I want you to be wise to that which is good and innocent, to that which is evil. And the God of peace, the Lord who is shalom, will soon crush Satan under your foot. <laughs> the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen? Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.